Oh, what the fuck is up, gamers? Thank you so much for tuning into the Heroes Blade Vibe Check Podcast. I'm your host, Empress Quinn. I've got my co-host here with me, Cole. Say what's up, Cole. What is up? It is the new year. Uh, doesn't feel like a whole lot's changed within the last couple weeks, but uh, if anything, it's been super busy magic-wise. Yeah, you kind of hit the ground running. Uh, and I guess it makes sense that there wouldn't be a whole lot of difference given that materially it's only been a week and not a whole lot changes in that amount of time. You know nope. how it is. Time is so weird. Mm-hmm. Might be so, well, I don't know. Hey, real time? Real passage of time? Our perspective of real time? Pretty weird already. Uh, <laughs> magic time? Even weirder. Uh, yeah, I- weren't you like tweeting about that earlier? I was tweeting about it uh, or a couple days ago, and I even made a TikTok about it. Uh, and just as a reminder to everyone, um, the uh, War of the Spark uh, will be coming up five years old this year. Very <laughs> quickly, I think in May. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, if you feel like you got greys shooting out, if you already don't have it... Um, definitely will make you feel like you should be starting to grow gray hairs from realizing it's been five years um magic time yeah crazy i'm like i thought that set was like three years ago no it's five. Oh goodness we've had to put up with narset parter avails for five whole years uh but it, de- it simultaneously feels like no time at all and feels longer than it should um <laughs> so, so yeah true, best we are, you know, I was complaining about, well, I'm not complaining, you know, I was like, oh man, Nin the Pain Artist, and 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 Brimstone Volley, and then I'm like, Anistrad was in 2011, that was 13 <laughs> years ago, and Nin the Pain Artist was probably that same year, or maybe a little earlier, I don't know, it's, it, it, it's, been, it's been a crazy wild ride. I love being on it, though uh mm. let's get right into it who's uh passing the vibe check lately for you well um as as part of some things that we'll be talking about in a second here uh i was like all right it's time to play some new decks um and i had a really busy saturday game uh or game day uh, i got six games uh on the last saturday of the big gathering i went to i'm like all right it's time to bring out yasova dragon claw again Ooh. uh and she does pass the vibe check. Um, I originally... So let's talk about Yusova. So she's two and a green uh, for a 3-2 human warrior um, with trample. Uh, and her ability is when you go to combat, you pay one and two hybrid blue and red. Um, and then you gain control uh, of an opponent's creature um, of power less than Yusova's power. So, um, you, you do that, you gain control of something, you threaten something, and then in my case, I just sacrifice things and throw it at people's faces, or <laughs> sacrifice it for mana, or do whatever, because, um, that's just what I love to do. you're a naughty, steely boy. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. I have, someone called me out, uh, where they're like, is this just not your Sauron deck? And I'm like, uh, well, uh, first of all, that's Rakdos first versus Teamer, First of all, so. yeah, the other one is Rakdos, and secondly, mind your business. Yeah, mind your, yeah, exactly. Like, uh, I'm staying in my lane here. Um, so yeah, <laughs> going from three to six power, like, on curve, if, you know, everything kind of lines up, you go, turn one, whatever, turn two, Hero's Blade, turn three, Yasova Dragon Claw, she's a six four, uh, go get him. Um, and yeah, it's a great time. It's a good time. Oh, yeah. Um, what, about, what about you? For me, the wise Mothman passes the vibe check. 
Uh, I've been playing a bit against that card as um, it turns out you can just write the rules text down on a piece of paper and play with cards as soon as you have the rules text if you want to. So we've been doing that a little bit and playing against a the Wise Mothman deck that used to be a Moldrotha deck. Um, let's read that guy real quick. Because, um, yeah, that that card will be... Yeah, coming, that's coming out, out pretty quick. Fallout whenever that drops. So the Wise Mothman is a three-three legendary creature insect mutant for one black, ble- black, green, blue, and it's got flying. And whenever the Wise Mothman enters the battlefield or attacks, each player gets a rad counter. Whenever one or more non-land cards are milled, put a plus one plus one counter on each of up to X target creatures, where X is the number of non-land cards milled this way. Um, and then I guess I'm kind of legally obligated to tell you about rad counters here. So, radiation. At the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, if you have any rad counters, mill that many cards. For each non-land card milled this way, you lose one life and a rad counter. Yes. Yeah, so the Wise Mothman is this whole, like, mill Voltron deck, and that guy, being three power, comes down, picks up the Hero's Blade, moves to six, and then you're, like, immediately moving to milling and putting more plus one plus one counters on him, because the odds of all of your opponents not having a non-land card that they mill is pretty low. So you're going to get like one plus one plus one counter, and at that point, you're at seven. So it's a just a really big power boost and the guy has flying so you're almost certainly getting in because he comes down on turn four if you're doing uh your job right with your mana base it's all pretty strong i'm liking what i'm seeing so far and i'm excited to see more of the cards that come out in that set and what they do uh just like in synergy with the wise moth man yeah because like if we're looking at anything like the warhammer uh 40k decks um we're obviously going to be seeing a splash of reprints, possibly, hopefully, maybe ones that, like, heavily deserving, heavily needed. Um, but we're also just going to be seeing uh, a bunch of just new cards that are referential to Fallout. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the looks and sounds of it, visually, it might reference the first or second game, but, like, mechanically and character-wise, it's definitely going to reference uh, 3, New Vegas, 4, and uh, 76. Um, I'm hoping, because we've only seen a handful of things from the preview, like the early previews, um, I'm hoping we do eventually get, like, the Brotherhood of Steel rep in some way, shape, or form. I just don't know how they're gonna do that. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Fallout, so you're gonna have to hold my hand through the lore on this. Yeah, yeah, so, like... So, yeah, like, the Mothman was from Fallout 76 because they were in Virginia, and they are like, we're going to do a bunch of, like, cryptids and stuff. We're like, okay, that's cool. Um, and uh, we're just look. I'm just looking out for giant power armor dudes, you know? That's that's just my whole thing. I'm oh, hoping it's, gotcha. like, Boros or like, Mardu. Yeah, there's no way we don't get giant power armor dudes. That seems like an easy hit to, like, get hype from people who like that. And also, I, just hope it's I legendary. like a robot. Yeah, like, there's gonna be a bunch of robots anyway, uh, and Fallout, like, that's the thing about Fallout, like, you get this really, like, pulpy 1950s retro-futuristic kind of stylized, uh, America, Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. uh, including all of, like, the hyper-propaganda that you kind of expect to it of, like, oh, it's the golden age of America, and women are in dresses at home, and we're fighting the commies, and... And then nuclear war goes off, and then like it's just yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty funny, it's pretty great. Um, also, simultaneously incredibly horrible because you're like, wow, this is place is an absolute shit show. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, everyone, you know, currency is ball caps from like the most addictive and highly toxic uh, cola drink you've ever had in your life, where oh, one yeah, of it is glowing. Nuka cola, Nuka cola quantum, like is literally super irradiated that it glows. Um, so when you drink it, you're like, hmm, yes, the isotopes. I I love, I love tasting, (laughs) you know, half-life decaying of a, of a nuclear element. So yeah, we're going to see what happens. I think we're probably like, as usual in the hyper release state that we're in with magic, um, probably not long after Ravnica, uh, a murder of Carla Manor. Like we're we're probably gonna hear about some fallout stuff pretty soon after that. Yeah, it'll be soon. It'll come when it comes. In the meantime, I'm kind of just like playing whatever I've got available, and it uh, is pretty cool. Like it's like you know if they're gonna do that. It. I hope they do add mutate to like that deck uh, that the Mothman's in, but we'll just have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah, I mean you're already playing Voltron and Mutate wants like a big stack of creatures anyway wants to be going tall, so I don't think that that's a bad idea. The dude already has most of the evasion that I think Mutate like adds, but there's other stuff that you can do. I'm sure. Um, yeah, it seems like there was a lot of unexplored territory. Um, and yes, uh, I want Mutate to come back. I'm uh, all for it. It seems really cool and. That's my stance on that. That's it. All right. We got a lot of show to get through. What's uh, your next guy? <laughs> okay. I guess we'll do other people's shout outs um, right now. And we'll just do it light and fast because I had put up on Twitter. Hey, uh, does anyone have any commanders that think they passed the vibe check? And we got four options here. Nice. Technically five, but we'll just, well, actually it's like six because everyone was throwing in multiple stuff, but we'll just go through it really quickly here. All right. Uh, light, uh, AKA the Phyrexian on Twitter. Uh, says, we gotta shorten the commander damage clock somehow, and their options were Zakama Primal Calamity, mm-hmm. and Indominus Rex Alpha. Um, <coughs> they're high power, so I'm just saying, like, automatically yes. Um, Zakama's got 9 power, so going to 12, and then just being able to double tap someone to death if yeah. left unimpeded. And if you've got he- double strike that you've set up already, then that's GG's GG's, yeah. And, and same thing with Indominus Rex uh, entering uh, with counters on it, depending on, like, the creatures that you discarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and on that list is Double Strike, and Double Strike, I'm pretty sure, in some way, shape, or form, exists in blue, black, and uh, green. So mm-hmm. getting a 6-6 six, six to a 9-9, nine, nine, yeah, like, you're... Uh, or a 9-8 nine, uh, nine, will be pretty quick. Uh, so Light, yes, definitely correct. Pass the vibe check. Yeah, um, I'm signing off on that. I think they do pass the vibe check. Uh, Trenton, <laughs> uh, who just goes by Trenton 907, mm-hmm. uh, put in three, but we'll just put this two, uh, the first two in a pair here. Uh, SCR, Wardwing Familiar, and Tim of the Weaver. 
Oh, all day, babes. As yours a cheap flyer, you pick up that and then you're going to town and people are simply not blocking because they don't have enough flyers. And Timna, my ever-loving wife, has lifelink, so of course you want to boost her power. Putting a knife on her that boosts her power is one of the best things that you can be doing with that card. Um, gamers, if you've not played Hand of Vecna with Timna, give that a try for me. Tell me how that feels. Um, mm, I am now afraid. <laughs> <laughs> No, wait, don't attack me for 10, gain 10 life, and then pay uh, 3 life to draw 3 cards. This seems uh, very bad. Yeah, that's um, exactly what I would like to be doing. Thank you so much for outlining my plans. Mm, so yeah, those two definitely pass the vibe check, and especially as a pair, that seems really great. Oh, yeah. uh, the other the other one from Trenton here, uh, just from a deck he's been fiddling with recently uh, as part of his uh kind of le- like 32 deck leak thing he's got with his buddies uh mm-hmm. jan jansen chaos crafter mm-hmm. um red white black three three haste gnome artificer tap sacrifice an artifact creature create two treasure tokens tap sacrifice a non-creature artifact create two one one colorless construct artifact creature tokens i don't i know trenton's trying to trick me here and i'm sure we'll hear about it about because I'm saying no because like Jan yeah, Jansen just no wants to be Jan Jansen could Jan- not give a single fuck about the combat uh, we, we tap ourselves we untapping ourselves somehow we're tapping again we're gonna be making treasures and and constructs and we don't give a fuck we yeah, do not care yeah like you can make creatures but this probably is a treasure burn deck and I don't think you're doing the combat step for for any like real damage in in most of these decks probably nah. Um, MJ from, uh, the MTG and Quarantine podcast, uh, says, uh, he, he, he tweeted and did not put something up because this felt directly more to me than you. Uh, he says, <laughs> you already know Wink. Uh, and oh, I'm just gonna say bed soul hoarder. it's coffee bed soul hoarder. Okay, you yeah, do know, yeah, obvious. <laughs> uh, that is MJ's like favorite card. He loves running it in this incredibly treasure heavy meta that EDH finds itself in. Oh yeah, uh, dude, bed. MJ, I see you. I will still windmill slam a coffee bed and be like, this will kill me, but it'll be a great ride. But it'll be a great time. Yeah. So six double black, or sorry, four double black for a demon that's a six six flying creature. Uh, when a permanent owned by another player is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you draw a card and you lose one life. Mm-hmm. So someone's like, I cracked ten, ten treasures. You're like, cool. I'll draw I, ten cards, lose ten I'll life, power at any price. So, you know, this, uh, for one of Liliana's contract givers, um, you know, the most fair and probably the most sadistic one that you could ever run as a commander, and I applaud uh, MJ for... Holding that uh, banner the same way I hold the Bludgeon banner. <laughs> yeah, windmill slamming that in a smothering tithe meta is that takes strength of character, and I respect it. But does it pass the vibe check? That's going to be a yes for me, gamers. That's it's a, like a yeah, six, yeah, that's six a yes flyer. For me. Absolutely, put a plus three power on that all day. So yeah, like it, it, the also the thing that I look at is like any extra toughness. It just makes combat and blocking and everything a lot more. Uh, you, you make people think about it, so yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, Nick uh, Plaid Clad, uh, the last one we got here, saying Baral and Kari Zev. Uh, it's been making me think about is it combat? The blade curves into the card, and first strike menace makes them easy to get into the red zone, mm-hmm. and then you can threaten a cantrip into a after equipped a five three ragavan token for blocks and attacks thereafter. 
Um, so this just gets me, I just give a windmill slam to this. Uh, that being a three mana, two, four minute, uh, first strike menace, and then you cast your first instant sorcery spell each turn. Uh, you can cast a lesser value uh, of that mana, like uh, a, a spell of a lesser mana value than whatever you cast. Mm-hmm. And then if you don't uh, do that, you can create a, a 2 1 Ragavan uh, token copy and it gains haste on the turn. So, yeah, that does seem actually pretty cool just to have sweet free blocks. Um, yeah, of five I haven't power. Really read that card very up close until this moment and i do think mm-hmm. that that's a sweet like is it combat deck with your like comp like that's the deck for your combat tricks yeah and you absolutely really cool. want to add the power to them with the knife for free and rag's also getting the free equip because he's legendary too. he's legendary yeah it's like, really cool yeah it's really strong love to see it uh so yeah 100 yeah, uh we passes. we are uh we are one, two, three, four, six out of seven for all those. I totally also miscounted with how many options there were. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you everyone for sharing uh, your commanders. And if they pass the five check, six out of seven seems pretty good for this time around. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. Now let's move on uh, to articles or content or news or just things that we've consumed. Uh, first things first, obviously, you know, we a lot of us are, are, you know, for the two of us specifically, we've been playing uh, online magic for a very long time. I've been playing, I think, since 2019 and then pandemic hit and then I really leaned into that. Um, and uh, if you don't know Bobby Christine, I think you probably should because Bobby Christine is fucking awesome. Um, but on top of that, uh, Bobby Christine has been making an effort to increase and open up her doors of her Discord uh, server uh, that is called the Bobby, or sorry, the Lobby Pristine, which I think is also a fantastic name. It's incredible naming. <laughs> yeah. And uh, recently, um, just kind of over time, a lot of content creators have put uh, their, they've closed down their servers and moved into uh the bob the i'm gonna say i'm gonna say bobby christine's lobby pristine um yeah, say that the whole time, title every time if it's easier <laughs> yeah um so if, if you don't know the mtg filthy casuals or the filthy mtg casuals uh donnie and jen um there's too many names to go over. They've recently added a bunch of new people Katie Karlov, Anna the Frexian fangirl, uh Fernando or if you know the by bear, Benji the Brewer, uh, Lenny and Bird from Coast to Coast Commander, which I'm probably going to talk about uh, a game with them uh, recently. Like so many people have joined, so I heavily heavily encourage you to seek either any one of these people out, and you'll be invited or or get a link to the lobby pristine, and you kind of just check off whatever channels or roles you got. It's really busy, and I think that's intimidating, but it consolidates everything to one place. Um, and there's just a lot of traffic, a lot of games popping off every day. Um, I admittedly have not tapped into it, uh, probably as much as you have, Quinn. Oh yeah, Um, you should, dude. It's a good crowd out there. I should, I know. It's just, I, if I'm not playing Magic already, I'm usually playing video games or just doing other things, and sometimes I just see it pop off, and I'm like, the, uh, the, the gif, uh, of, like, Les Mis, of, um... (laughs) Freaking oh god, Russell Crowe like staring out the window at people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, busy, busy place. There's probably even going to be more and more people added to it. But like, yeah, it's popping off right now. It's great to to see that, and it kind of 
addresses an issue that even I have as someone in like over a dozen like different discords is that it manages to consolidate everything into one page uh, that kind of just makes it easier for you to kind of see what you want to kind of get involved in. Yeah, a bunch of really cool people have made this their home base, so you can just, like, hang out in the lobby per stand and hang out with all of them by association. Uh, that seems pretty good to me, and I'm having yeah. fun out there. Uh, what do you got on your end? Uh, Lenny at a Johnny's Gay Pride Mate did a banger of a piece on life pa- light pause and how to add some variance to that experience. Um, basically, you make some like packages of auras that you can randomly select and then add that to your deck and then find out what exactly you're playing when you're casting your spells in game. Um, and I think that sort of experience, similar to what I have with my Cedrus deck, um, is a, a great way to ensure that despite having like a tutor in the zone, you still can have a very interesting experience. Yeah, um, that's one of the things that I remember, um, at least the first concept to me personally, was the backgrounds from uh, Commander Legends Baldur's Gate, um, where you choose one central commander and then you create packages for the backgrounds of like whatever the other color combinations are. Oh, yep, shout out to the homies with the Abdel Adrian in the background stacks. Yeah, and... Um, but Lenny choosing a commander that is so highly consistent and obviously very strong, especially for Mono White, um, and being like, um, here's a way for you to to add enough diversity in your games, not just for yourself, but for other people, uh, of creating like variable packages uh, that appeals to like slightly different pivotal playstyles. Um, that just is just really cool. Um, and he also said the other night, uh, when I was playing over on Coast to Coast Commander, uh, was he's actually intending to build this physically. Um, and I think he has, what was it, like 12 packages or like 10 packages or something like kind of ridiculous like that? Yeah, something um, like that. So we're like, oh, that's gonna be like, uh, oh, I don't know, like, uh, probably bordering on like over 150 to 200 cards after everything's like accounted for. Uh, but I thought that was just such a cool, cool thing. Um, also, yeah, uh, epic that undertaking also that same night, uh, cause, cause obviously the conversation of like, will we eventually be having guests on here? And I definitely think, uh, once we kind of get hit our strive, uh, we'll definitely be open to that. But his thing more than anything of actually showing up on the podcast um, was being shouted out uh, every episode, um, and I'm pretty sure we actually have done that so far. Um, but he also, was as a... in the show notes before we even heard about this goal, so this is not my fault. Yeah, no, this is just this is just naturally happening. So uh, so far, I'm pretty sure Lenny, you are five for five on each episode so far. Um, so that's hilarious. Um, but also, while we're kind of minorly on that subject, um, the other day for all the uh, the the shit talking we do uh the benoit is also kind of in that same boat right now um (laughs) and he was saying the other day on twitter he's like um uh so hey uh you know you guys mentioned me a few times i think you're gonna start paying me royalties and i turned around and said well actually uh i think you should be paying us because uh we keep talking about you and your good word um all so, of our friends uh, should stop being such in, in, innovative deck builders with sparkling personalities, and maybe we wouldn't have to talk about them so often. 
Yeah, which uh, clearly that's not going to be stopping anytime soon. Um, nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, what else you got for us? Uh, so I did a bit of a reread on a couple articles just because they circumstantially pop by my feed and then also read a couple new ones from these people. Um, <laughs> so Cal MTG on Twitter, uh, who used to be part of playing with power and is currently part of the Harold's Horn podcast. Go check them out. They've already had a couple episodes out. It's already great. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. uh, I went back to his ode to for forgetful fish article, uh, which is talking about Dan Dan. Um, and, uh, I will not be talking about Killer Queen a whole lot because nothing's happened this week. But again, one of those things of just going back and just realizing that, um, magic is really flexible when it comes to how we can play magic. Um, not just playing commander, not just playing competitive formats or constructed formats. Like, there's a lot of tools in the toolbox and we should probably use it to try to explore options of like what kind of experiences we're bringing to the table to not just to ourselves but to other people um so you know for me at the moment and probably for a while is going to be killer queen uh dan dan's just kind of one of those things where people are like you know what we'll just jam it and see what happens and Mm -hmm. it's kind of like it's kicked off in a big way pretty sure dan dan is more than a few dollars a pop which is hilarious (laughs) yeah some things have happened to the prices of that forgetful fish um, I reread, uh, Kristen Emily's article on assembling haymakers in Commander rather than just playing your big bomb haymaker just because of how many resources you have to commit to the one thing when you can commit resources over time to many small pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, and that she also recently... Piece. Hmm? That was a good piece. I read that one it was, too. I, I, you know, I, I was looking at that recently when I was fiddling with, uh, Audric Bloodcurse, so might kind of go back to that in a second um and then uh or when we go over games stuff uh and then i read her recent article of her commander 2024 wish list um about like what she hopes to see in uh commander design uh this upcoming year as well as like product and and maybe like community based like stuff uh i usually just tend like i know some people try to uh always have like issues with um the people who are part of the rules committee or the um the cag and um i think it's like obviously sometimes they can say maybe what can be considered like inflammatory stuff uh just because they're so passionate about the thing that they're talking about um but i usually just find that it's i find it's just really easy to agree with their stances just because i maybe it's a little unreasonable um but they're usually asking more for like more transparency um, you know, lower, lower, quote unquote, lower powered play and, and like more general, like fairness and consideration of your deck building intent, uh, more than anything else. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I don't know. Just that was a good read. Always a good read. I, I love reading Kristen's, uh, articles. Um, and, um, one, or I guess a couple other things while we're kind of just going into it. Um, Normally, this wouldn't be something I would, like, bring up, but it is pretty interesting to see, is that Watsi recently... I mean, Watsi's been under fire recently. They they had the huge layoffs, um, and uh, uh, they recently had a kind of a bit of an uh-oh uh, with a recent Ravnica remastered 
uh, advertisement that went out um, because people were realizing that uh, the advertisement that was showing uh, Shocklands had kind of the weird AI artifacting uh, that comes up uh, when people are using uh, Photoshop's new AI feature. Um, so once again, Watsy's kind of coming under fire for that. Uh, normally I don't try to focus on that, but I think that's something that people are uh, might want to be careful about is that while it's easy to go on Twitter or just social media and generator and, and shout, um, you know, shout obscenities and tweet at them. And it's like, first of all, that is just a, a team of people who are just tweeting things. They probably don't even realize what's going on. They're like, Hey, tweet this for us, you know? Mm. Um, but also like, it's the fact that what it came down to is that the commission artists did that. And for the most part, the people, the, they went on record and saying that like the artist did make the artwork. It's just that the minor like AI uh, stuff was obviously done also by the person. So um, going to be interesting to see how that turns out for Watsi over time, considering that they've doubled down on their stance that they're like, yeah, we are not going to be using AI art for our products. And yet it's come up several times. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. And hopefully it doesn't pop up too often, but it's uh, not looking good. Yeah, I don't really have a take on that one. Uh, I just know a lot of people, uh, myself included, really like magic artists. I'm obviously more of like, I do appreciate digital artwork a a little bit more than traditional, despite the fact that like, you know, traditional is in itself like really difficult. Like having actual carvings as part of like magic artwork uh, for like some of the sagas back in Call Time. Mm-hmm. Uh, was pretty great, but I don't know. We'll 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 see what's going to happen in the future. Um, and then last thing before we go on to what the heck has been going on with us and uh, our our uh, New Year's resolutions for magic. Um, MTG Goldfish uh, put out a recent podcast episode talking about cards uh, that may or may not be considered casual for commander. I'll just want to preface the conversation that obviously casual and competitive commander is like a majorly defined, like a, a broad spectrum of like how to encounter and like engage with the formats. Um, and it's ultimately a state of mind. And it comes down to like what you put in your deck on like the deck building level more so than any individual cards. Um, but they said that like, yeah, mana crypt is, is, um, I think it, I think the general consensus like it was like kind of a 50-50 split uh, because like obviously Soul Ring is so ubiquitous with Commander and most people play it more often than not. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, you know, is Mana Crypt um, casual or not? And what I say is it depends on what else you are playing Mana Crypt with. Uh, and that kind of goes with like any card in my opinion. Yeah, always. <clears throat> goodness yeah always um donnie's always saying intent matters and it's pretty much that there um you can have a mana crypt and if you're casting your talks real corrosive with that you probably should maybe consider the arenas in which you're doing that kind of thing um are you talking from personal experience No, I, well, I mean, I guess a little bit. I built that deck initially with zero ramp because my commander was talks for the corrosive and I did not want it to be possible to turbo out the slug. Um, eventually we added, I think, four total ramp spells. 
but ultimately there's not a lot of ramp in that deck because I don't want to be able to cast Toxtrol very quickly. Um, the the thing that you like if you're using your mana crypt to cast like original Ramsey's Overdark, like go for it. I'm happy for you that you even put that in the command zone. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like it's that kind of thing. Yeah, it's um yeah, like I think I and I think uh one of one of the people on NTG Goldfish raised the point where it's like obviously if if Mana Crypt was not like a two hundred dollar card. And if we're looking at it from a pure, like, accessibility standpoint, um, you know, no one's going to be running Mana Crypt. But if someone had a Mana Crypt, they're probably going to be running it in, like, one deck. And it might be, like, either the most trash commander in the trash deck you know, or, like, the most, like, optimized uh, deck that they have. So, I just kind of look at that, I kind of just look at that as a slippery slope, and I know there's a lot of factors to consider uh, into it, and I'm like, the way I look at it, I'm like, if everyone has uh, Soul Ring, which obviously can be an issue for some people, and some people are, 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 like, on that hill to die on, where they're like, what if you don't run Soul Ring? And I'm like, okay, I see what you mean, hear me out, (laughs) uh, I, I, I do like it sometimes, you know, um, and yeah, it's just, you know. Would Mana Crypt end up being that additional plus one automatic include? I don't know. Um, should it be? Definitely not. Um, I just think that, like like most things, it's just context sensitive. Um, but also, if you're flipping coins and losing those flips, you are definitely feeling the pain of playing Mana Crypt. So, you're... <laughs> uh, you know, that's up in the air. Uh, but just something to think about, something that did come up, something that was stirring the pot a bit, because as usual, like, we're in the new year, people are already banging their uh, pots of, like, don't play this magic card. And I think some people were just like, how about you just play with people who also agree that to not play that magic card and, like, your game experiences, or just ultimately have the stance of, you don't like the card, don't play the card, you know? Yeah, I truly cannot overstate the importance of curating your gameplay experience by only forming pods with people who you like can come to some sort of agreement on that kind of thing with if there are people you simply do not vibe with uh gamers try to not force yourself in those situations maybe also go to the lobby also go to the lobby pristine and then you can find people who are like that easy Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Obviously, I understand that's not a, uh, something that's an easy fix for everyone. Um, but, you know, just, yeah, just something to think about. If you don't like Mana Crypt, if you don't like the One Ring, don't play it. And if you can't, <laughs> but mostly in my case, I'm like, I think even if I had one, I would not know what uh, to put it in, even if I had, like, those types of cards. Yeah. I tweet every quarter about how I don't want to see Dockside Extortionist in games that we play and so far uh people are like yeah no i know you tweet every quarter about dockside extortionist so i'm not gonna play that <laughs> we'll, we'll keep you. banging keep banging the trash ban uh, trash bin lid of like nope don't want it get rid of it um yeah you can okay. just carry your experience or ask politely you know mm-hmm. um but that's it for at least news as far as i'm aware or at least content that i have been consuming recently um you know, it's only been a couple of weeks. Brand new year started. We'll see what's coming down the pipeline for a bunch of people. Uh, let us talk about our personal uh, New Year's MTG resolutions, because that was just something we talked about last episode. Um, things that we'd yeah. like to change, do, 
um, hope to see, I don't know, you know, the things that are, you know, obviously controllable uh, to us in some way, shape, or form. Um, so which is why I will first say you go ahead because I just talked my head off for like what felt like a half hour. Uh, what, are you, what are you hoping to do uh, this new year? All right. So uh, my New Year's resolutions, Worst Fears, Dance with Calamity, Thunderous Debut. <laughs> okay, elaborate, I would like please. To, <laughs> I would, this is a joke on the word resolution. I would like to resolve these spells. Uh, okay, so worst, worst Fears I'm very familiar with, but go through go through these anyway. All right, so Dance with Calamity has you exile cards from the top of your library one at a time, and you get to cast any number of those if the mana value of the spells that you exiled is 13 or less. If you go over, then you get nothing. You basically get to play Blackjack, and it's a seven mana sorcery, I think. So I want to give that a shot. I think I bought uh, a couple eight. of copies and haven't got it. It is eight mana. Eight mana? Goodness. All right. Well, I guess you do get a lot out of it. Uh, but yeah, it's an eight mana sorcery that I want to cast. Um, like I was saying, worst fears. Uh, fucking... <laughs> It's exactly what it says turn. on the turn. <laughs> exile, <laughs> exile, worst fears. Take control of someone's turn. Um, yeah. that I think was, that that um, is uh, a extremely nefarious wizard shit. And sometimes when I'm playing a control mage, I like to I like to have a spell like that. And I feel like getting you into that position where I'm playing like um, my fairies deck or something, where I've got a like board state that's like all right but you have a board state that i that's could really turn good. against you and i just yeah. cast worst fears and i reach my inky tendrils and corrupt your mind and ruin it it's so satisfying yeah um one of um one of my buddies in my original play group uh my buddy chris who uh i was talking about last episode just before christmas one of his famous one of the famous things he's done the last like over decade we've been playing magic uh with this guy he loves um taking control of people using um the artifact version of that effect mind slaver uh, mind slaver and he loves recurring mind slaver to do it again yes yeah, um, i'm trying not to play mind slaver because i don't want to have the option to recur it i just want my big sorcery i want to do this one time. wizard shit precisely one time and then i will end the game like that yeah, so, um, awesome. And yeah, Thunderous Debut, that's a card uh, a random person at my local game store gave me. Yeah, this is some new shit with from, him. <laughs> from Wild Eldrain, Wilds of Eldrain. It's an eight mana sorcery for six green green. Uh, it's got bargain, and you can look at the top 20 cards of your library. You may reveal two creature cards up to two creature cards from among them and if the spell was bargained you put the revealed cards onto the battlefield otherwise put the cards into your hand and then shuffle i don't do a whole lot of green mana casting so mm -hmm. i think this is um in in the list here actually uh we're gonna try and play more mono green or something to find out what that portion of it's, the color about, has yeah, yeah, yeah. and see what's going on there and thunder's debut is just like a big green spell it looks like so i want to dip my toes in there and see what's up yeah mono green um has has been one of my specialties for a long time 
uh, before shifting like <laughs> red colors more than anything. Um, but yeah, Mono, Mono Green's got a lot of fun stuff. A uh, lot of like, you know, you can play like your Gore Claw and, and stuff like that. Uh, eight mana, obviously, super easy to hit. No big deal. Yeah, that's um, like like five maybe in other colors, I feel like. Yeah, and bar- bargaining, uh, like sacrificing an artifact, enchantment, or token. Again, we're we are in the treasure meta, so like if even if some even in green, you're arbitrarily like making treasures. Um, you want know make an old Nambone deck. There you go. Problem solved. I think that that card is aesthetically abhorrent, and I will not be playing old Nambone. Okay, well, I'll try to sell you on some other stuff some other time. But um, <laughs> it, in the meantime, yeah, Thunderous debut. What a ma- what a green ass magic card. Yeah, that shit is green as fuck. Um, other things that I'm trying to do is maybe play more silence effects, more of these things that I call the big shush. Uh, sometimes mm, oh you just no. need a giant hush to fall over the table so that you can go to combat and those pesky blue mages with their etherizes or any of that other bullshit. Just, it's not fucking happening. I'm turning all of that off. My turn is my turn. Mind your business. And so I'm going to play more of that, I think. Um, there's a, a flame scroll celebrant, and then the other half of the card is Revel in Silence from Strixhaven. Yes, yeah, yeah, Revel in Silence, yeah. Thinking about playing that in the War Doctor, because that deck really wants to not be interrupted. <laughs> and mm, you don't say. <laughs> I put a giant cannon in the command zone, so people really want to interrupt me. <laughs> What? I don't know what you're talking about. I've never done that to you, ever. Yeah. Not once. Never. It's a problem. So if they're going to do that, I need them to do it at least at sorcery speed. So we're going to do that. Um, Another thing that I'm looking at is two mana instant speed kill spells with bling printings. You know, I'm talking Infernal Grasps. I'm talking... um, Oh, freaking game day promo power word kill was like the immediate first thing. That one. Yes, exactly. Um, so just like that genre of card, the um, Poison the Cup, the Foretell one from Caldheim. Uh, yeah. Listen, I know it says three in the top right-hand corner, but you foretell we, that we and don't, you only we don't care. cast it for two. Yeah. That's a two-mana instant speed kill spell with bling printing to me. <laughs> and I want to play more of these effects because they give them that bling printing. So obviously they expect them to perform well in formats where gamers like bling. So mm-hmm. I want to check their work. I want to see what's good. Yeah, if there's uh, definitely, like, a lot of uh, printings of spells and effects that, like, oh no, like, I love me a good power word kill, you know? Like, it, it's, it's hilarious that it doesn't kill angels, demons, or dragons, um, but, well, yeah, like, so, you know, <laughs> but, how like, it works in know, the game or whatever. Yeah, sure. Um, and then, like, you know, it, it's the, um, it's kind of like the, the Doomblade argument. Um, but, like, also just actually having access to, like, a, a decent, just straight-up, like, kill spell, mm-hmm. um, goes a long way, um, and, like, a lot of different variations you can get your hands on, and honestly, like, the recent ones that they have been printing at 2 mana, um, unsurprisingly, really good, really effective, and now more unconditional than ever in terms of what you can kill. Like, the fact that in, with, like, Infernal Grasp, you can just, like, oh, I just kill something and I lose life for it? I don't, pff, whatever, I don't care. Like, Easy. yeah, I'll shock myself for my nefarious deeds if it means that your bomb is dead. 
Yeah, it seems like a pretty good investment nowadays. The only uh, the only life that matters is your last one, as usual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, earlier in this list, I mentioned mono green. Yeah, I want to try and build and play a mono green deck, and perhaps learn to love the leaf. Um, I haven't traditionally been particularly interested in green mana. I'm really more of a Ractus mage at heart, and I just, a lot of people like green, so there's got to be something cool going on over there, like that many mages can't be completely incorrect, uh, I mean, it's hey, statistically look, the, the improbable. Way, the way to look at it, the way I look at that is that like people love green as much as people love blue, uh, in that they can be highly contentious of the things that they can do in magic, but also like in commander. Mm -hmm. Um, like we talk about like mana ramp and card advantage, um, and ways to interact with the game. Obviously, like any deck that you make, um, you want to be able to do those types of things on some level. Um, but like green is like, okay, I'm going to put lands into play and then mass land destruction is like a big social no-no. And then blue is like, I'm going to draw a bunch of cards, even though it's like not the color I think statistically that has like the best forms of card draw in in like commander, um, but they also like counter spell stuff on the stack. So like you you who cares about blowing something up when it's in play? Let's make sure that doesn't even happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and like green green like I don't know green green has sometimes some of the best spells that I've seen printed. Period. Like heroic heroic intervention has always been that one card where I'm like that that is fucking green ass magic card that is like ridiculous for its cost the fact that it gives up hexproof and indestructible mm-hmm. uh until end of turn for two mana instant speed like that is hyper pushed um and those are kind of those types of cards uh that really kind of give green a good and bad name like i mentioned old nonbone earlier another card that like people are like well why did green why does green get treasures and then we went to nuka penna and then people were like why does green get treasures um and i I still think that that's weird to me in a color that's traditionally about like not artifacts and enchantments or like just enchantments at the minimum they're out here with like yeah these things i'll make treasure and i get that the connecting like through line is mana generation and green is like huge into that but i feel like the flavor of it being a treasure token is like aesthetically not it for me yeah it's it's not great i i I feel that's the hill that i will die on let's let's talk about a hypothetical alternate universe where treasures weren't actually printed as they were or like maybe they entered tap or maybe they didn't even make them at all and made them like slightly worse i don't know but like i understand that probably from a lore standpoint that old knob bone is greedy um and and when we're talking about chromatic dragons in D, so they're always tend to be like evil and nasty and conniving and all this other stuff but i'm pretty sure old knob bone in lore was like notoriously a hoarder um so you could look at that as like the flavor justification, um, but in general, if we're t- looking at like what the color pie does um, and what green should be able to do, and why making treasures is obvious. Like in a in a set like Nuka Penna, I can understand because like we're in the gangster city of uh, like where money's trading hands all the time. But like in D anD D, it was just like okay, look, like. You're giving your whole board the ability to make X treasures. Like, that's that's ridiculous. It's too much. Um, but yeah. I'd be lots cool of... if it was, like, floating mana that didn't leave as steps and phases. Yeah, like, you know, like... they've 
they've dabbled in that. That that would seem reasonable. Yeah, I don't know. Um, not, it feels like the same thing, but different. I don't know. You're you're gonna get you're gonna you're gonna figure what you do like about green. I think, mm-hmm. and just bring your own flavor to it. And like you know, there's obviously some new cards that like push the boundary of like what is acceptable in green's part of the the color wheel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's also old cards that you're just like, well, they this is a red card or this is a black card. <laughs> what what is this doing here? And uh, magic was obviously like the wild west when it came to design, like over 20 years ago. So you know, pick your poison, you'll figure it out. It'll be a no brainer. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, bonus, maybe we do a little more spell theft. I really like the, just like, reach into my opponent's library and see what's good on the top, like, two or three cards, and then exile Mm -hmm. it and cast it. So maybe I just put, like, one or two of those in every deck as just, like, this is my card advantage. Casual Atali. Casual Atali. No big deal. I have literally never once taken an Atali out of a deck because of like a webcam magic and I don't intend to start now. We're just going to keep playing Atalis. Uh, she's good in red and there's a reason that they friend her in damn near every precon. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the same reasons they keep re- printing Zatalpa in like every precon. <laughs> no, it's kind of the same reasons. You. Get enough attacks in with an Atali, you've got an overwhelming value store of board state, and Zatalpa sort of just like, you land that, and it doesn't die, and you were probably winning that game. Yeah. Yeah, Atali, top, top deck stuff uh, of, of, like, other people. Uh, pretty fun strategy, if not done, like... I don't know. Like, it's a strategy. It's there. I know a few people will play it. I've indulged in it a couple, a couple times. And <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's fun just casting other people's spells in sometimes in like weird or just ways that you're like, not what I intended, but it's given me gas. So let's just get to it. Yeah, I love to like be in the blue black deck and cast somebody else's cultivate. Like, I'm never getting ramped like that. So I'll steal it from you. There you go. Uh, right. I- Tell me about your resis. What you got for me? All right. Um, first things first, um, and I've already started making a bit of uh, leeway into this. Uh, I'm going to be making an effort to try to trim down uh, my overall collection again. I did kind of a big purge of a bunch of bulk uh, a while ago, um, and it might um, it might have bitten me in the butt for a couple things, but no big deal. We got rid of it. Um, but I'm going to try to do it again, uh, and I'm also going to try to trim down decks, even though um, I just made a big 50, like, 253 post-long tweet about all of the decks that I have mm-hmm. um, right now. And then I realized that I actually still had 50 decks, despite the fact that I thought I actually went down to 49. And then, just recently, and I'll be talking about it later, I did just make another deck, so I'm back up to 51. So, you know, I've got to try to keep it uh, under control. Whoops. Um, and so, um, to kind of start doing that, um, I started sorting my cards again. Um, and just what I'm doing is I'm like, I'm sorting it by, um, since it was the multicolor stuff, I sorted it by like, what color is it? You know, what's the color combination? I'm putting fours and fives together. Um, and I'm keeping all three color stuff together and I'm keeping all two color stuff together. And then in those uh, subsections, I got them divided by, like, what card type they are. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, creatures and sorcery, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, on top of that, after I started sorting them, I started using the Dragon Shield app, 
to keep track of the actual cards that I own. Um, and uh, what they do is they, like, they got a card reader using your camera. And, like, sure, maybe you have to, like, put in, like, what set it's actually from. But if I'm just looking at how many copies of X card do I have, um, that it's doing it for me. So uh, I got all the multicolor stuff done. No, sorry, I got all the two-color stuff done. And then I realized, as I was going through it, I'm like, huh, this says it's nearly, like, $1,000 in two-color <laughs> stuff. And we're talking about, like, a boatload of bulk that's probably worth, like, 10 cents or less on, like, TCG Player or whatever. Um, but I'm like, okay, let's scroll through what, what is like, where are the heavy hitters? And sure enough, like I've just been sitting on a bunch of like rando ass foils that are worth like over $10 or whatever. Um, like one of them off the top of my head was like one of, the, I think it was like the main set, uh, Boros Huatli. Um, and it like makes a dinosaur and you gain life equal to like, I think the greatest power of a creature you have in play or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like... I don't know why I bought this, but, like, I'm, I'm just here to get rid of it. Um, <laughs> so, tied into that is, like, I took all those big expensive cards, and I went down to my LGS, and I traded them in for trade-in credit uh, with a store. And just from this initial uh, trip down to the store, I got nearly $100 for it. Um, so, I'm going to be using that to, like, try to cut down on actual spending. Um, like, I did a big purchase uh just for like christmas and boxing day um and now i'm like all right let's try to like cut back on that and kind of to like help with that like i recently grabbed a car clan ironworks with the trade-in value um so did not feel guilty felt great and fantastic actually um so i'm hoping uh once i start organizing um colorless and monocolor stuff uh, that I find like even more stuff, um, and then I just head right back down, do it again. Um, and then uh, speaking of tracking and spreadsheets and stuff, I made, I finally made, and I'm committing to my own uh, commander game spreadsheet uh, on Excel on my Google Drive. Um, and the reason I'm doing that, obviously, you're part of the inspiration. Um, <laughs> Thank you. And Andy. Andy Flowery, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to uh, Andy Flowery. He's why I'm tracking. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I was like, all right, got to put in the did you cook option as one of the things. And I'm keeping win of like win loss ratios. And, and like I've actually had just due to a minor misunderstanding, but we kind of just stuck with it. I actually had my first draw in a very long time. Um, but that's, that was the other reason is that obviously like now that we're doing like sections of like, what games have we had and what are we doing and what decks are we brewing? I, I kind of realized that, um, I just like sometimes completely forget who I played with just cause either it all like collides together. Um, or I'm so in the zone of just playing magic. I sometimes like kind of, I know people who were there. I don't know the exact sometimes combinations of like who I was playing with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm keeping track of who I'm playing with, what they're playing with, um, what I'm playing with, and as part of the what am I playing with, um, the dropdown, the lovely dropdown menus uh, of with currently 52 options. I should probably update that to include the new one that I just built. Um, has all my commanders that I currently have on my shelf um, on mm-hmm. it. And on top of that, and as part as they tie in to the giant 50-some-odd tweet thread that I made about all the commander decks that I have, um, 
I have color coded them <laughs> a- according to um, what is my feeling about um, that particular deck. Um, just like based off the tweet thread where I'm like, okay, real talk here. What do I feel about this deck? What are the chances of this actually being broken apart or being reintegrated somewhere else? Um, and so the thing that I'm looking to do, at least for like the first maybe two or three months, is that I'm going to see like, okay, I got to give these decks a genuine shot, which means I got to play the decks that I've highlighted in orange and yellow as the ones that I have a low or unknown opinion on because I haven't played it in a while, or I just know that um, I, I'm just not like really attached to it. Um, step up above that is light green for decks that I'm like, these are pretty good. Feelings could change. But in general, they're just like good solid decks. Uh, Solid green for like, all right, this is like, if we're talking about like a, like, you know, those like uh, ratings, uh, YouTube review things where people are like, all right, this is like S tier. This is A tier, blah, blah, blah. Like these are, these are like A tier decks. Like I love these things. They've been around for a long time. Probably going to keep them. But like, they are not like my quote unquote, like favorite, favorite decks. And that's where the blue decks are, where like Audric is very appropriately in that category and stuff. I'm like. These are the decks I've highly invested in. These are the decks I've constantly fiddled with. Um, and my hope is as the more games I've have going throughout the year, um, I see more of the orange and yellow and actually properly, and then in my notes category, be like, I don't have much of a relationship with this. Maybe I'll finally take it apart. But I just need to see more of that rather than the borderline solid blue categories i've had of my first 10 games uh this year so far so mm-hmm. um gonna be interesting to see how i actually utilize this um and i might actually be finally cutting a few decks down um so all of this is kind of in that same category of like how do i feel about it how am i gonna trim it down um and yeah i'll just i'm, I'm trying to be a little if anything trying to use this as a stepping point to be more organized in my real life in some way, shape, or form. Um, so yeah, going to be interesting to see how this all turns out. I'm actually really excited to continue using the spreadsheet. And so far, despite the... <laughs> okay, I look at the column of, like, what decks did I play? Most of it are, like, the blue decks. Um, and then I look at my loss ratio, and I have one win, one tie, and, and eight losses so far. And I don't care about that part. I just want to know, like, what's going on. Um... But uh, who knows? I might even just get like get rid of that column completely. Um, I've actually yeah. been thinking about that. I don't know how useful it is to track your win loss ratio in like the casual meta games because there's entirely too much variance, and I I just don't know how much real information you're getting for that a far more useful statistic is did I cook? <laughs> did my deck yeah. do what I built it to do? And if that's yeah. the case, then, like, I I think that's what we all sit down to make, like, happen. Like, if I'm already looking at the did I cook category, um, and obviously that's where I tend to, like, actually, rather than having a drop down menu or anything, I actually would rather personalize it. Um, just because it's so, it's so much more fun that way. Um... And so far, the general consensus, like, the ratio seems to be most, like, 50% yes or holy fuck, absolutely yes. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest have never the 
have either been like I've sorta cooked to one where I'm like absolutely yeah nothing happened I it just like nothing happened um and then of course the general consists of like were the games fun like did I cook yes were the games fun more often than not so far it's been yes with a couple of eh just due to like whatever the heck was happening uh like in that pod mm-hmm. um I think it's just good to. We're talking about a very subjective format with some, like, objective truths about, like, magic cards and play patterns and stuff. Um, And trying to keep track of the technical stuff more so than the emotional stuff. Like, I'd rather just choose the emotional stuff because I'm just that type of person anyway. Like, what is the emotional response? Um... And so far, I think I'm doing that. And yeah, who knows? I might probably cut that win-loss row. But like so far, eh, like I don't necessarily see the harm in it. And just like keeping personal track of that. It, it Everything else is emotionally satisfying to see than whatever damage could be done from just seeing my loss ratio. <laughs> Good. As long as it stays fun for you. I think that's important because like... Um... The last thing that you want to do is make tracking your games turn playing those games into a chore. Like, mm-hmm. we don't want that for you. So, um, whatever it takes so I could keep the whole thing fun. Yeah. Like, again, like, I'm only 10 games in over the last couple of weeks so far. So good. Um, everything that I'm seeing here, all the information I'm able to remember, and especially like pod compositions, people's commanders. Uh, like, taking into consideration, because I'm just going to totally date when we're recording this, I just got out of um, uh, a stream game with Amara, um, and we, uh, the, God- the Goddess of Blender, and we just had a plane chase game where we've only plane chased four planes. Um, <laughs> so not a lot of action there. We were trying our hardest. We couldn't get out of there. Um, but I'm also like, hey, wait a minute. I played Magnus uh, from the Warhammer 40k uh Brunus Powers deck. I'm like, wait, I played Magnus twice uh within the like the last couple weeks. Why is that? And um the reason being is that the person who was playing the Magnus deck tonight got gifted the Magnus deck by Bert, aka the the pod MTG of Coast to Coast Commander. Mm-hmm. It's his gift Magnus deck. Uh, uh <laughs> probably the same or variant one that he played uh when we played when I played over uh on Coast to Coast Commander. So that's um, so funny. Yeah, it was. Uh, so I'm like, wait, what? He's like, yeah, I got it from Bird. I'm like, oh no. And then I remembered what happened on that night, and then I saw what happened tonight. I was like, oh man, Bird's cooking. What the fuck is this shit? <laughs> um, so yeah, it, like being able to re- recall the individuals and like start recognizing maybe patterns of like commanders that people are playing. Um, I I've just been so poor at that the last few years. And obviously, like, part of it is, like, maybe the scale or who I've been playing with has, like, changed. Um, but people take decks apart. Um, and sometimes it's like, hey, do you remember that deck? No, I don't. Why not? Well, for whatever reason, like, last year, I remember you playing something, but I that part didn't click. And now I can be like, hold on, look at spreadsheet. Oh, yeah, you played that, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's good. it's good to bring back some memories. I like leaving notes for myself of, like, what the fuck happened. Um yeah, it's like, fun to look back on the the sheet, especially the ones where you have those notes that are, that are like um, an explanation of things that went on in the game, and just like then you get to sort of replay a bit of that game in your head and enjoy that experience again. 
Like that's one of the underrated nice things about tracking stats, I think. Yeah. And then the other thing, which maybe we can use that as a terrible transition to the next part here, uh, is, you know, the decks we've brewed or thinking about or the decks we've taken apart or the games we've had the last couple of weeks, um, which makes this the that part of the spreadsheet a lot better for recalling games that I've had recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's been up with you lately? You It seems you've you've had a few games going on. Uh, yeah, so I built the 15th Doctor that we talked about last episode. Um, I was completely wrong about the play pattern that we described, or that I described on the podcast. Um, we ended up building just like a ramp deck, basically, and also a Voltron deck, um... (coughs) Which is, speaking of 15th Doctor, passes the Heroes Blade vibe check, 5 sure, 2 mana artifact, so I can put that into his hand with his trigger, and he's legendary auto-equips I want to be attacking anyway because he's got an attack trigger, Uh, so it's all good for that, and absolutely we put that in that deck. Um, I guess this is the part where I read the 15th Doctor, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a brand new card, so people might not know what's going on here. Alright, well, he's a 3-3 legendary creature Time Lord Doctor for 2 red-blue, and whenever he enters the battlefield or attacks, mill 3 cards. You may put an artifact card with mana value 2 or 3 from among them into your hand. And the first non-artifact spell you cast each turn has Improvise. I completely slept on that line the first time around. Oh, I'm sure you did. Yeah, that's actually what you need to be building around, at least for how I wanted to experience this deck. So I have some heckin' chonky sorceries, uh, stuff like Dance with Calamity, like we talked about earlier. We don't have Worst Fears in the deck, but I do have Mnemonic Deluge, and I have a couple of other chonky sorceries that I can do absolute nefarious work with. So the plan is to ramp and play artifact creatures so that I can tap them and not pay retail for my seven, eight, nine mana sorceries. And then I have my robots uh, aggro sub-theme because the Doctor Who villains cards are pretty strong. We like Davros Dalek Creator. We especially like Missy. Um, All of that is good. So, uh, yeah, that's that's what I've been enjoying with um, the 15th Doctor. I played a few games with it. The first couple of them really, I guess we didn't have the right ratios of the cards that we needed to see correct yet. Um, mm-hmm. So we really struggled to find our feet and didn't do a whole lot. Or like we would get interacted with once and just not ever be able to recover. And I think now with the changes that we've made to the deck, the experience is better, the deck is more resilient, we're starting to find our stride and do more of the things that we built the deck to do. Um, so it's been actually satisfying to have, like, build a deck and then struggled with it for a bit and then, like, find where it wants to be and still, like, um, like work towards getting that, like, that blade sharper. <laughs> and I think we're almost there. I think we're getting there with that one. Yeah, improvise is such a strong mechanic to tie to that color combination on a commander, where you're like, okay, cool. So all my basically all my the two and three mana uh, artifacts that I'm finding are now mana rocks. 
Yeah, uh, I've got like Howling Mine in there, and then of course all of my swords. So I can tap Howling Mine and turn that off, and then tap all of my equipment, and that's basically free mana. And um, all of that is incredibly strong. And Howling Mine only works when it's untapped. So I can just like, I can make that one sided by turning it off with the Doctor. That's pretty strong. Yeah, that's actually pretty, pretty metal, literally and figuratively. Um, yeah, very like. When I knew um, they were doing a new Doctor, and to me, like, from my perspective, if we're talking about magic time, when I think of an outsider who is, like, kind of, like, keeping track of um, media, like, modern media coming out, I was like, oh, cool, new Doctor. Wait, wasn't there another new one, like, okay, like a year ago? Now it was, like, three? Okay, cool. Yeah, time. <laughs> Wait, they brought David Tennant back. Hold on, what is happening here? And then there's the bi generation thing, and they're like, "Well, wait, why aren't they in the set?" And then they did the secret layer, and I was like, "Okay, cool." I still yep, don't know how to. <laughs> uh, I still have no idea uh, what. I don't know. Like, I'll, I'll always be from the outside looking in uh, when it comes to that like show in that series. Um, but pretty cool to see that they immediately were like, okay, cool, here's a card. And I'm like, okay, thank God. Like, were we going to leave this guy out for real? Yeah, um, they basically, like, right off the rip were like, hey, here's all of these decks. Um, I noticed that there are some more doctors. Don't worry, we've got something planned for that. And so everybody in the community was just like, oh, secret lair, got it. And uh, then, okay, cool. Yeah, they dropped the secret lair. Oh, geez, yeah. Speaking of secret lairs, um, we'll just I'll just quickly tangent to that kind of back on the news thing is that they did announce the change to how they were doing originally doing printed demand to doing hypotheticals of being like, Oh, we'll print X many amounts of this secret layer and see what happens. So um, don't be a scalper. That's, uh, yep. <laughs> that's Sounds all I have to, to say <laughs> on that. Um, so hopefully, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I don't know. Secret Layers. Eh, I've only ever bought one. I bought the Sendikar one with a buddy of mine, and I got the foil versions of, like, Zulaport Cutthroat and um, Avenger of Zendikar. And uh, holy shit, the curling on that was so bad. I was like, damn, these are Pringles. I could eat these. Yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. I do really like the art on a lot of the Secret Layers. So oh, they're fantastic, always. Yeah. Just get the regular one. Save yourself the trouble. Um, yeah, tell me about a deck or a game. Yeah, it's your turn. All right, cool, cool, cool. All right. Um, so, uh, geez, do I just condense the Bludgeon one into one? Or, I don't know. How about this? <clears throat> so, uh, the other weekend, um, big commander day slash night, because we showed up at like three and then kept playing till like basically 11. So it was a great time. Um, there were seven of us. Uh, and between, like, the pods of people that we were swapping in and out of and switching uh, opponents and stuff, um, I got six games, and some people got seven games out, like, that night. So, pretty great turnout. And one of those particular games, shout out to Enthrallmond, uh, a.k.a. Joel. Um, poor bastard, I fucking sent him to the Shadow Realm immediately. I was playing um, Captain Ripley Vance for that particular game. Mm-hmm. And I did not win that game. But I didn't need to because of what I did. Um, I saw an opportunity to dump my whole hand when I could probably have waited. Um, but it was like turn, it was my turn four and Joel's turn three. He didn't even got to his turn yet. And I'm like, all right, it is time to be Goku. 
in Dragon Ball Z. And it's time to go Super Saiyan 3. Alright. Right now. Like, we're just going 0 to 100, right? So I advance out, and then uh, it goes my turn again. I'm like, okay, play land. Uh, do a, I don't know, a ritual effect or whatever. And I'm going to cast um, Mana, uh, mana Geyser. Mm-hmm. I get 10 mana. I'm like, cool. I will now proceed... Oh, you know, I know why I was this was enabled. Um, uh, some uh, we did. He played Oath of Druids, um, and I got out a um, what was that card called? It is the it's a five mana goblin that's a four four with menace. That when it enters, you're able to cast an instant sorcery with mana value three or less from your graveyard, and then it goes to exile. So you just basically give it a flashback. Uh, and I had a teamer battle rage in graveyard, so that that's what really <laughs> kickstarted this whole thing. So I'm like, uh, like something made us discard it, like right, like one card right away. I'm like, oh, that's a bummer. And then um, they're like, oh, the druids. I'm like, cool. I'm gonna put this guy into play, and I'm gonna give, I'm gonna cast uh, teamer battle rage, targeting uh, Captain Brave Advance, and I have the power four greater with the goblin, so she gets double strike and trample. Um, cast mana geyser, spell two. Um, cast a spell number three deal like piddly damage somewhere and i'm like no no wait there's more um and then i proceeded to cast like more spells beyond the three spells i typically wanted to for vance (laughs) get her to 14 power uh go to combat swing 14 double strike damage at uh joel sending him to the silver layer zone um and then i'm like no wait hold on i'm not done yet um and then with um uh shoot what's that i should i freaking wrote this down and i should know but like there was um that two minute elemental that every time you cast a red spell you put a plus one counter on it and then oh runaway steam can runaway steam can yeah i had runaway steam can shenanigans going on i'm like no wait hold on there's more and i was able to cast um a gravatic a gravatic punch twice Mm -hmm. um which gravatic uh punch is four mana uh, target creature control deals damage to any target, I think, or it's target opponent or whatever. I think it's target player. Yeah, target um, player and, equal to its power. And then it has um, jump start. Jump start. So I just, I just, so you jump just start punch it. someone and then I punch, punch someone for twenty eight. Yeah, with the old one two punch. <laughs> um, and I should have redirected the damage to someone else. And I and but the problem, like the the thing that I, with that was that like, all right, it's turn four. I sent I I. I Owned someone. I twenty eighted someone else from forty to to eighteen. No. What am I doing? Uh, twelve, and uh, and then I had nothing. I had no gas, uh, no way to get back in the game. Everyone was like chipping away at my board. They're like, "Okay, you've had your fun." I'm like, "Oh, I've done what I've done. I know what I'm who what I'm doing here." Yeah, um, I feel like if you just like drop somebody like that, uh, everybody looks around and they are witnesses to your crimes, and you have to die for them. Yeah. So you have to be able to come back from that, and if you can't, well, we'll be tied. <laughs> um, but uh, just another kind of example of, like, that was the deck uh, that, that was the commander that started the the Uncommon Commander podcast, and I've always tuned that deck. And, like, you know, I've made the Flipper a Brask. I made, like, every mono-red deck that, like, focuses on, like, oh, I have Bergy and all this other shit where you get, like, 
intense mana generation uh, damage potential, at least with like Urbrask or whatever, you get like combo potential. Mm -hmm. uh, but this was like the one deck where I'm like, no, absolutely fuck it. I'm going to make this one creature as big as I reasonably can within a single turn, make her pop off and then uh, swing out. And when when she works, it's great. And there's been just a lot of other times where it's been pretty underwhelming. Um, but every time I've I've done stuff with her, everyone has been always shocked and surprised uh, with what she's capable of. So that was at first Joel was like, "Man, what the fuck?" And then later he's like, "Actually, no, that was kind of fucking sick." And I'm like, "Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, it once sucks in, blue, in the moment in to be moon. the person who gets deleted." But when you actually like look back on it, it's just like, "Well, damn, you really did like put it all into into that one punch, and now I'm dead." And it, considering it was that cool was someone watch. else on that table was a slivers player who was not actually the threat because nothing was happening it was pretty tragic um but it was like i, I should have targeted the one of the other two players for that instead um but just you know in the moment it was just super fun to do that um <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah, you see red and you make decisions yeah. you wouldn't have otherwise hey look we're, we're red mages you know you know what i'm talking about um yeah. but yeah good showing for vance that's why she's in the blue category on the spreadsheet and uh, just the notes I left was, did you cook? Holy fuck. Was it fun? Yes. Uh, notes, dealing 28 commander damage and 28 direct damage to face is wild. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I popped the fuck off. It was kind of wild. It was crazy. Hell yeah, dude. We love to hear it. All right. Back to you. What's up? Um, so the other things that I've been thinking about is... Uh, Goro Goro and Satoru, that's a really cool card. Um, Very cool card, yeah. Yeah, so I it's been rattling around in my brain ever since like March of the Machine Aftermath, because I think that like one of those came in my pre-release pack. They had some commanders that you couldn't play like in the pre-release, but they were still going to put in the pre-release kit. Um, so yeah, Gorogor and Satoru was one of them. They're uh, Grixis for a legendary creature, a goblin human, and whenever one or more creatures you control that entered the battlefield this turn deal combat damage to a player, make a 5-5 dragon spear creature token with flying, and you can pay one and a red to have creatures you control gain haste until end of turn. So the thing that I thought about with them is that um, the creature that entered the battlefield this turn dealing combat damage is uh, ninjas meet that requirement. Yep, they do meet that requirement, because they're already entertapped and attacking anyway. Yeah, and they, like, by definition have to be unblocked, because otherwise you can't ninjutsu them in. So, um, we put together just the fucking most spreadsheet-ass Grixis Ninjas deck. We were like, alright, we need 15 sources of unblockable, so let's slap these in here. Let's auto-add the package on Moxfield, that's my Grixis mana base that I like. Let's add the best ninjas in these colors. We'll add two pieces of dragon synergy, and then we're just like, this many slots left, and we're like, okay, I guess we'll be responsible then, eat the rest of our vegetables, hit the ramp card draw and removal. And then we got all of that in, uh, slapped the deck together, immediately playtested it like 15 minutes after in a game, and it did exactly what we built it to do. We got our unblockable bodies down, we dinjutsu'd in um silent blade oni and guys Ooh, like yeah that. that's awesome 
<laughs> and just bonking people for a lot and then making dragons. And then the cool thing about the dragons is I can either send that like evasive five five in to oh, bonk and someone. Oh, and then you can ninjutsu on that. Ooh, yeah, or I can okay, bounce the okay. dragons to my hand and ninjutsu in more ninjas for more dragon triggers. Um, another cool thing that you can do is ninjutsu in response to an unblocked ninja being targeted. So you like brick the removal and you still get in your ninja for damage. They like think they're safe and you're just like, all right, well, I guess I can activate ninjutsu as many times as I need to or have mana for. Yeah, that, so. that was such a weird thing to learn. I'm pretty sure I learned that recently where you can just be like, nope, wait, nope, hold on. Uh, actually, wait, I still have an open. I'm going to do it again. Yeah, um, Gavin on, I think, Good Morning Magic had a whole video about weird, cool things that you can do with ninjutsu. Um, one of them being, like, playing with the first strike and double strike and, like, when the timings for those all happen. And mm -hmm. just, like, unblocked first strike attackers and being able to get your ninja in for, for that damage. And then, for the damage on regular... Oh, and then in okay, for regular okay, damage, because, yeah. like... <laughs> Okay, so this is what you need. You need to put um, Drana, Liberator of Malakir, uh, in the deck. Because she gives first strike and then gets plus one counters on your stuff afterward when they're dealing uh, regular... She does, but I bounce my guys in and out of the battlefield so much that giving oh, them counters that it don't isn't do. really okay, yeah. useful. The thing that we're doing to sort of like force multiply on that is playing Impact Tremors and mm -hmm. um, Perforos. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Vela the Nightclad. So, Ooh, yeah, shout classic. out to the OG Ninjas Commander. Uh, gives your guys Intimidate, and whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, your yeah. opponents lose one life. Yeah. So, I'm yeah. having my guys enter. I'm dealing two to you with Perforos. I'm bouncing my guys to my hand. I'm burning you for one with Vela, and they get Evasion. We're getting in there. Thousand-Faced Shadow is one of the coolest ninjas, actually. Um, that guy's a one-drop flyer for uh, a 1-1. One -one. And it's got the ninjutsu for, I think, like, two blue-blue or something like that. Like, the usual clone mana cost. And if you ninjutsu that guy in, you can make a token copy of another attacking creature so a cool thing that you can do with that interaction and the like being able to activate ninjutsu as many times as you want is bounce that repeatedly to make a lot of token copies of a high quality ninja um one that i like to choose is silver fur master or as i like to call him master splinter master he's splinter a, yeah that was what i immediately had in mind i'm like that that's fucking master splinter <laughs> it literally is yeah he's a rat ninja he's a ninja and rogue lord so he gives all your guys plus one plus one and if you can make copies of that you are stacking up the damage that you can do by quite a bit um, that's a really cool interaction that I've had fun with. Um, a kind of a pain point with the deck, though, is finding the bodies with the right abilities when you need to have them. So um, I don't always have an unblockable guy when I have uh -huh. a ninja that I want to be swinging with. So I'm thinking about switching in some more, like, activated abilities that give things evasion or just, like, static, like the the whole team has this sort of evasion um and that kind of thing can i think 
help me get further in there. Um, we have Higure the Stillwind, who gives a ninja unblockable, and we have Grazalax, Illithid Scholar, who, when a creature is oh, blocked, I love you can, Grazalax. Yeah. yeah, you can bounce it to your hand, and then if I have a ninja that got blocked that way, I can ninjutsu it in somewhere else that was unblocked, because that's the way that that works. Um, yeah that's oh that's so janky and so weird but it's so awesome it's ninjutsu is actually really cool for people who like intricate interactions with the rules so check that out if you're a rules nerd um one of the sources of like team-wide evasion that i was thinking about though was rogue class and we did ultimately end up finding a spot for that in the deck and this one actually pulls like two duties one is card advantage and then the other is evasion um, whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player when you have rogue class out, you exile the top card of that player's library. So it's kind of like exile mill for a bit while you have that out there. And then you can pay some more into it and give all of your creatures menace. And then you pay some more into it. And all of those cards that you've been exiling as you've been getting in there with your evasive guys, you can suddenly play those. Um, and you can spend mana so or mana of any color to cast it. So it becomes your second hand at a certain point. Um, and I think the evasion and card advantage package that all of that adds is really exciting to test out. So we're going to play some more of that. It's also got me thinking some more about those class enchantments. I haven't spent a whole lot of time playing very many of those. Yeah. Um, I played um... sorcerer class and rogue class, and that's like it. Um, they're both extremely good. I need to pay uh, more find, attention to them. I I find that e- regardless of the rarity, each of them tend to be surprisingly effective for their cost. Um, I my f- I, I've played a lot of warlock and cleric class. Um, mm-hmm. Where um, like warlock warlock class is one that you definitely want to get to the last level for it to be really effective because the first two are kind of like middling but it's the investment where it's like oh okay wound reflection on end step for my turn for the overall investment's pretty pretty arduous you gotta pay i think seven mana to get it to level three after it's already level two Mm -hmm. um but having a one mana uncommon yeah it comes uh, down so early and you can play that wherever basically yeah and if you've got Um, the mana then yeah you can force multiply all of your life loss that turn um and uh a buddy of mine um brian who has been on the uncommon commander podcast before um and has recently come back from his fa- uh, duties as a father and has been like hey boys what's up you want to play and we're like hell yeah um he's he's a big uh bard class player um because that thing just gives a cost reduction of red and green to all legendary creatures that you cast when you get it up to think i just think level two mm-hmm. um so uh with a handful of like spells and cost reductions effects like you can literally just start free casting like three or four drop legends yeah uh, just willy-nilly um so he uh, he originally had it um in like a targnar uh demon spine demon or whatever. All. Demon Fang Null, yeah. He, re- he originally had it as that, and I think he eventually upgraded it to um, Grumgully. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, you know, we're talking about, like, apples to peaches. It's still fucking Gruel Storm with fucking Bard class, and it's just fucking 
it slaps, it pops off, it does a thing. I need to That's find like a place for idea. fighter class. I need a I need a fighter class like spot, and I don't know if it fits in Bloodrick because and I'll go to it in a bit. Um, but I've actually trimmed the fat on that deck a bit, um, and uh, I don't know. We'll, we can we can go into that. I don't know if that's like the next thing or if yeah, done, that's the but... next thing. Tell me about your guy, Bloodrick. Yeah. He's what, what, clearly one last thing. weighing one la- one heavy last on thing. your mind. Always, constantly, perpetually. Yeah, like I, I'm, I'm, um, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm freaking Charlie Day, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia when he's freaking at the board of like his. Who's Pepe Silvia, and he's got like this red string, and the pins on the on the board like going all over the place, going fucking insane. Um, well, when I said on Gorgor and Sitaru is that I am sitting on uh, uh, a trio of cards in in kind of like my recent purchases container, or just things that I've recently uh, got, and I have mentioned that I did get a, a, a Gorgor and Sitaru recently. Uh, from a buddy of mine from a trade that was like months in the making we just you know schedules weren't lining up and i finally got one i'm like okay if looking at the list of of stuff on my shelf if there was a deck that i did want to take apart um i did recently take apart a bellcore deck um and i'm probably thinking about taking apart my um corpmella deck to finally put together this gorgor and satoru deck because it just seems super cool right behind that is satoru umazawa which gives your creatures uh, ninjutsu in hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then right in behind that is Hidetsugu and Kairi, um, where uh, when they have flying, they're an ogre, demon, dragon, which is this metal as fuck uh, mm-hmm. creature type combination. Uh, two double blue and a black for 5-4 fi- uh, fi- flyer. Uh, when they enter, you draw three and you put two uh, from your hand uh, back on top, so you brainstorm on ECB. And then when they die... You exile the top card of your library. Target opponent loses life equals to the mana value, and if it's an instant sorcery card, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. Um, so I'm like, I'm gonna cook with that, <laughs> and I don't know what it's gonna be. Um, and 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 I guess uh, I guess just to like talk about Gorgor and Satoru. I know um, Anthony uh, on Twitter. I just don't have his name or handle on the top of my head. He's normally what I know is like an artist and he loves Pokemon. And then he's like, yo, I'm playing Gorgoro and Satoru CEDH. Um, oh, and I'm like, yo, yo, yo yeah, I've seen yo. that. Um, yo, I think that's, that's, uh, that's listener elf. Yeah, I think it's listener elf. Yeah. Which I'm like, oh, that's fucking sick. And, and he's been on, he's been on that ball uh, for like the last few weeks. So it seems like he's having a real good time with that. And that seems awesome. Yeah. It seems like uh, it's been doing well for him. That's really cool. Yeah, and then uh, the Seth Cross, um, also on Twitter, uh, has built a ball lightning themed uh, Gorgo and Satoru because uh, you swing nice. out yeah. with your you you basically know, replace five, your ball and... lightnings with dragons. Yeah, so I was like, that is that that is super fucking awesome, um, and the fact that I'm like I'm like wow, that's validation for my Mister Orfeo the Boulder deck where it's also a ball lightning themed deck. So I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, the children right. yearn for ball lightnings. <laughs> they they yearn for violence and death, and that's ball lightning incarnate. All right. So, Audric Blood Cursed. Well. <laughs> yeah, what's the Audric report? Audric report this week. Um, so, uh, based off my super fancy new spreadsheet, I have played... Two, three, four, five. Out of ten games, I have played Audric five times. 
Um, and this is taking into consideration um, the changes that I made recently, um, which upon looking back at the primer that I made for it like a few weeks ago, completely out of date. I, I fucked it up so bad. I need to go rewrite the dang thing. Oh, no. Um, it's oh yeah. I was like, wow, half of those cars that I mentioned like in the primer like are not even close to being reconsidered right now. So, um, going back to the Chris and Emily article uh, about assembling your engine uh, rather than make like playing your haymaker, uh, I was like, okay, I really need to sit down. I really need to look deep within my soul. Um, and I, I need to like, what, what am I trying to do with the deck? And like, where do I want it to go? And like, do I want to tune it to a way that is like super duper good or like, you know, or do I want it to be a little more consistent so that way I don't feel burnout, uh, when I play it. Um, and, uh, sure enough, if we're talking about games, like just before the end of the year, um, that I had on, uh, Lexicon with you, um, and Brandon, and I want to say... Who was the fourth player? Can't recall off the top of my head. Um, but I popped off that game. Uh, and I remember uh, I could probably bring, I could probably bring up the freaking clip of me just being like, okay, I do this and then I do this and then I do this. And you were like, you got to stop. And I'm like, no, I'm not done yet. And then I kept going. <laughs> um, so I, what I did was that like, all right, I trimmed the fat. I, I cut down more higher cost stuff for just lower cost stuff. Um, uh, I added a couple more Lost Caverns of Ixalan cards, uh, like we mentioned Sunshot Militia, and, like, it's, like, that was kind of, like, an, like a really cool indicator of, like, how, how I can move the deck forward. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I did was that I originally had Cavern Horde Dragon, or Cavern Hellkite, or whatever the hell it's called, from the Lord of the Rings set. That was, like, that nine-mana dragon that is reduced by one for each, like, artifact or, like, a target opponent controls. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, I was like, you know what? Like, it's big and it's scary and people, like, automatically target it and, yeah, it has three keywords, but, like, I'm not going to get what I want out of it. Uh, so I trimmed that for Realm Scorcher Hellkite from uh, Wilds of Eldraine. Oh, yeah, that's that looks six, good. Six-mana uh, with Bargain. Um, and I think it's like a four or five or something. Um, and when it enters, if you bargained it, you add four mana of any combination. Um, and then you can pay one in a red to deal one damage to like, I think it says any target. Uh, and I don't have it for reference cause I've never actually used that ability yet, but that's actually like, it's, it's one of those super sweet extra things where like, man, I could just start like killing stuff if I really want to. So I always thought that was like a sweet thing, uh, for like, for a standard set card. That is awesome. So I love that. Yeah, um, and, that, and that was the that was the um that was the thing that allowed me to have that incredibly huge board state uh on on the stream. And then I also because it also had uh I had flipped the uh artifact land that has Discover X on the Yeah, Brass's no, Tunnel Grinder on, Yeah, Brass's Tunnel into, Um Tech Elon, the Searing Rift, I think. And yep. at that point, you were getting free spells off of Discover, and then I was like, I'm immediately blowing that up. <laughs> and then I uh, I realized that I kind of cheated that night, um, because I accidentally uh, brought two things back when it should have been one, and it was definitely going to be the Angel of the Ruins instead of the um, Touch of the Spirit Realm. But uh, I, didn't lo- I didn't win that game anyways, and I don't think it really impacted anything too much, but um, great addition. 
Um, and then kind of just based off the changes that I've been making and the things that I've been adding, um, the games in general have felt better and a little more smoother. Um, and, um, yeah, it's just been good to show the deck off. Um, I had a fairly like average game on Coast to Coast Commander with Lenny and Bert. Um, and then I had that really nutty turn on Lexicon at, just at the end of the year. And, um, I was, uh, I basically ended up in a 1v1, uh, with a budget, I think it was like a $50, uh, Minthara deck. Um, and one of the, one of the things that was happening was that, uh, both me and the Minthara player were gaining a bunch of life, uh, just kind of like circumstantially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but then, of course, you get to that point where you're like... What am I um, always saying, gamers? You have to turn off life gain if you're going to lay out or burn or you get this bullshit. So anyway, For the Emperor is a fucking awesome magic card. And I'm so glad that uh, Warhammer 40k made it because I don't think we would have seen that type of effect printed for a while otherwise of just giving your board plus two plus two vigilance and leveling until end of turn for four. You know, you know, you could, you're like, oh, maybe if it was haste or whatever. But like, when we're talking about like cards of that value for that cost for that effect, for is like, like the only thing that I would ever reasonably try to compare to is a chroma's will, and that's an instant with like just major upside of having. Um, I think that's a whole around. genre of spells, actually. Um, oh, now yeah. for no, wrath, no. now for ruin. I think is like similar. There's a, it's like four mana sorcery, and if you're playing the, like, low-to-the-ground Boros aggro kind of game plan, you win the game with it. Yeah. Um, I'm actually going to look that up, because I'm like, wait a minute, what's, is that a card that I just, yeah, plus one counter. True, yeah. Um, but, but like, in terms of, like, getting, it's kind of interesting, like, how they kind of, like, uh... That four mana, everything gets a pump, but like all those pumps are variable, and sometimes it's instant speed, and uh, it's kind of like, oh, maybe we'll put plus one counters on this stuff, or oh, we'll only give one keyword, and this one's just like, all right, let's just give plus two plus two, vigilance and lifelink, and like mm-hmm. that, that sometimes is just a huge haymaker. Love that card, fits in a budget deck. Um, the Mythara player was uh, playing card. Land uh, that I absolutely love in Orzov, uh, Vault of the Archangel, where you pay two black and white, tap it, and your creatures gain lifelink and death touch till end of turn. Um, and because I finally added some targeted land destruction in like the mana base, uh, I was just like, hey, let's blow it up. We'll both ramp as the trade-off, and then I'll just slap you and keep that life gain lead on you. And the guy's like, well, fuck. Uh, can't do anything about that. So... Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think I eventually just finished off, like, Mary Esquire of Rohan was a region edition, and attacking with legendaries and eventually drawing a card was really great, so that was able to kind of, like, inch my way ahead. Um, I took out Goldhound, uh, which kind of hurt, because I'm like, one, that's a good boy, that's a good dog, that also just circumstantially is a treasure. Um, but I've just found, like, every time that I've played it or had it in my hand, it just never really paid off in any meaningful way. Um, and, uh, yeah, just the, the cuts have been hard. Yeah, uh, sometimes you gotta kill your darlings. 
You know, uh, I, I now have a, like, 50-some-odd-card consider box on my shelf <laughs> of just all the Audra cards that I've I've gone through and have considered. Um, and that was kind of, like, part of the pile of stuff that I put into the deck um, while taking a bunch of, like, the really big heavy hitters out. And, so now uh, I'm sending you Judge Judy tapping her watchdog gif, and then I'm captioning it, Audric 2. Audric 2, yeah. So I, I might eventually be reaching the point where it's like, I just have such a surplus um, that, like, you know, outside of investing in the land mana base, I'll probably have another deck. Um, and I've been talking with Hobbs Q um, a bit, because I'm like, hey, you know, you're the artist-proof guy. Uh, do you think we can get in touch and get, like, an artist-proof Audric of, like, either version um, that I can use to, like, kind of bling out my deck a little bit more? And he's like, um, well, let's take a look here. And the regular Audric, yeah, pretty pretty good, but it's in, like, the currencies and, like, euros, I think. Uh, or pounds, I don't know. Um, and then he's like, uh, the one you're looking for, uh, I don't know, $35 American for shipping and all that other stuff. So I'm like... Gotta think about it, but Audric two baby, <laughs> it might it might happen? I don't know. We'll we'll see. Hell yeah. Um, and um, yeah, Audric as usual. I will continue to bludger post on Twitter and on the podcast probably every week. Funny thing, let's talk about Lenny again for a second. <laughs> um, because I remember a um, a few weeks ago when we were playing, um. You both were like, Cole, you gotta stop getting down on yourself about, like, putting down Killer Queen as, like, a concept, because I've always felt like I was just talking about it all the time. But then I'm talking about Bloodrick, like, all the time, so, like, wh what's the deal, right? Um, and then Lenny, again, was like, um, you know, like, I'd rather hear you have that, like, familiar, like, keep talking about the stuff that you obviously love, but if you keep talking about, like, the pet deck and stuff, like, that, that is always a fun thing to come back to. Like, obviously, like, we're talking about, the whole concept of, of the podcast is to talk about, like, what games are we playing, how the games are going, what are we brewing, and stuff like that. And, like, Blood Audric as, like, a card and as a deck is always going to be one that I'm filling with. Mm -hmm. um, so it's the fact that it's like, you know, hey, people do, you know what, okay, actually, let's talk about that a little bit more. So I recently um, <laughs> was, uh, got a couple tweets headed my way, um, I think a couple weeks ago, um... Uh, uh, Brent, Brent, Brandon, uh, one of the listeners of the show who was coming over from uh, Common Commander. Um, mm -hmm. He's like, all right. And I'm pretty sure it's him, unless maybe it's not. Maybe I'm mixing the Twitter account for whatever. Um, he's like, all right. Uh, I, I'm finally going to do it. And I got a photo sent to me on Twitter of, of the alt art version uh, that I love playing. Um, and he's like, all right, finally, it's happening. And I'm like, yes, excellent, awesome, amazing. I Hell love yeah. it. Um, and then uh, I got uh, tagged uh, by Laura recently uh, on on Twitter. Uh, Laura Rose, or Technical or Mine. Um, and even she's like, uh, hey, uh, I think I'm finally going to do it too. I'm like, hell yeah, here's some stuff. Uh, and then she's like asking me, um, like, hey, did you put in adult gold dragon in Bloodrick? And I'm like, uh, once upon a time, I definitely did. Mm -hmm. And it was respected as a threat. And then I swapped it out, uh, for Othari, uh, Sun's Glory. So, um, 
Yeah, it's just been nice to actually have conversations about the brew and getting people interested in it and seeing seeing a vision of like what it's capable of. Um, and uh, yeah, just it's yeah, it's a lot more fun to talk about it now and, and keep playing it. So yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm really glad that you're like your guy is picking up steam with other people because uh, I the card is good. I'm glad that other mm-hmm. people are seeing that and that your work is yeah. like it, your work specifically is what's touching people and like opening them up to the possibility of playing blood trick. Yeah. Uh, now this is the point where I tell you that I removed descent from Avernus in the deck. So cool. <laughs> There's the trade off. You're killing I'm killing you. I know, I know. I had to do it. I had to do it. I just could I was like, I need I need different stuff in here. Uh so uh, that was one of the cuts. Uh sorry to tell you this right now after uh having this huge uplifting uh. moment. <laughs> uh, um Oh god, I felt like there was something else there. Like this was like when I made that big tweet about Audric like a few months ago where I was just like fuck y'all I love this guy this is my guy and like a bunch of people like f- I don't know what it was like everyone like liked and reposted and was commenting everybody on it. was think, matching your energy that fucking yeah like <laughs> most people were like some people were like no I don't know this card sucks I'm like cool I'm not talking to you and I'm moving on yeah you um, don't want to talk to those guys you want to talk to those people who are also like if Bloodrick has zero fans I am dead I, I I'm dead yeah and um uh I think, like, because I put the links in, like, even the the budget one uh, that I had kind of unlisted initially, and I finally took it out of it, um, got a few engagements, but obviously, like, I went from, like, maybe having maybe, like, 100 views from people initially when I put the deck together and talked about it mm-hmm. to, like, over 2,000. Holy so I was shit, like, dude. I was like, I was like, hey, let's check. Okay, time to update the deck. Why does this have, like, over 2,000 views? That, that, that ain't right. Um, and it's, posting clap clap clap, clap, clap. And it's been it's been going up like it even went up like a couple dozen views or whatever recently so it was like still doing the job um and, and then i'm like okay time to update this uh, considering board to like whatever 50 cards i got and then with the lgs trade-in uh credit i will finally buy a car clan ironworks which will definitely uh raise some eyebrows uh with what I intend to do with it, but I took sure out will. inspiring I took out inspiring statuary um cause you um you still tap the blood token, which is part of the requirement to actually sack it. So I was like mm-hmm. uh let's just get the colorless mana so I could just do whatever the hell I want with it for like activated abilities and also sacrificing other blood tokens. So um yeah that'll probably be uh real contentious and then also i was told by both I oh think yeah I was i'm by, absolutely gonna break it on site make yeah. no mistake uh I, I i think trenton said something on a tweet i had earlier where i was like i finally got a crack in the ironworks he's like oh yeah this card's cracked and then laura came in and she was like uh you can grab this with moon silver key and i was mm-hmm. like what in the f- what the fuck are you talking about and then I it has a mana like, ability I keep looking at freaking Moon Silver Key. I'm like, this is fucking. What is this car? This is cracked. Um, I it's don't know if really I will put. Strong. I don't know if I will put Moon Silver Key into that deck. I don't think it's necessary to do that. Um, oh, and then I guess one of one of the last things was that I put Dan Lewis into. Okay, so what I did recently. This is 
God, we're cutting out two hours now. Fuck it, let's let's ball. Um, we're already so this deep. <laughs> we're already this deep. I knew this was going to happen. I'm like, this is going to be a long one. Let's talk about it anyway. So part of the we're one of the recent transitions. I was like, I was really having issues with uh, justifying keeping um, uh, space uh, space brain scout and um, oh fuck, what's his name? Uh, Knight of the White Orchid. Um, and cause I was having issues of like, I'm treating these as ramp and I'm treating these as cars with keywords on it, but how often am I feeling like I'm not only able to like hit the double white pip on the night, but how, like, how good does it feel to cast it, uh, like later in the game or how relevant is it? You know, it's just like, okay, uh, we'll trim the space green scout and swap something in and like. I can't remember what I swapped in, but it worked out. And then I was like looking at the night and I'm like, <laughs> weirdly enough, I'm like, man, this double white pip sucks. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put in a uh, loyal warhound. But then later I put in, um, what the heck is that guy's name? Uh, pure steel paladin, which is oh, double okay. white pip. So I'm like, all right, so what am I doing here? So because I put in Dan Lewis, uh, from the Doctor Who sets, and his his is a variation of like Bludgeon Brawl mm-hmm. and uh, Arterial Alchemy, um, and there's like a weird stacking thing where like one gets priority over the other, whatever. I just wanted Dan Lewis in there um, to be able to like, if I don't have Arterial Alchemy, I can still make my blood tokens equipped for one and give plus one plus O oh, or whatever. Um, and then I'm like, okay, so uh, play Pure Steel Paladin have three blood tokens out, have our terrible alchemy out with Dan Lewis or whatever, and then you start making blood tokens. So now I am drawing X cards equal to the number of blood tokens I'm making. Um, so then I'm like, okay, but then what's next? And I'm like, well, unfortunately, even though like I'm, I've have, I had that like Nazgul battle mace and I originally had, um, uh, culture complete and, like, a couple other equipment that I was, like, fiddling around with. I'm like, I gotta take those out for, like, a little more efficient stuff, and I gotta rely on the combination of Arterial Alchemy, Dan Lewis, and Pure Steel Paladin to start making blood equipment that I can, for free, start slapping across, like, all my different creatures and just turn them sideways, or start drawing, like, a boatload of cards. And, uh, I've got... I was able to do that a little bit, um, for, like, a game or two recently, um, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm excited to give that a go. I got the Richard King Ferguson artwork for for the Pure Steel Paladin, um, nice. and I'm like, is, is this worth doing? And then I looked at Mary, the Esquire of Rohan and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think I could probably make this work. So uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, that's gonna work. Might swap in Kellen, uh, Fae Blooded, because uh, when he gets equipped, all your other creatures get plus one plus zero. Oh for each aura or equipment on him. Yeah, it uh, seems and he's like got a that good to make all of that spread. And yeah, you can go find whatever knife you need. So yeah, and then finally I was like, man, uh, my reanimation has been kind of going in and out. What am I putting in? And then I remembered that I put in Marshall's Anthem in my budget list, but I did not put it in the main list. Mm-hmm. And I just love that card. It's an Anthem that you can kick like two, yeah, one, two or three good. times. It brings, yeah, it's still great. So... Yeah, Bloodjerk has been absolutely. Uh, I, I've been I've been 
training it up. I've been making him do laps around the schoolyard of being like, let's fucking whip you into shape. And it's, uh, it's paid off and it'll probably continue to pay off, but I just need to calm down on the, uh, uh, the editing uh, of it <laughs> recently. Cause I'm like, I've, I've lost, I've lost my way. And even Fitz was like, yeah, you're like swapping in cards like every week, it seems. So like, you got to calm down with that. So I think I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the current version and just feel it out, you know? Yeah, you gotta give the cards time to actually see a bunch of gameplay experiences to make your opinions based on, like, a more complete set of information rather than just, like, one specific instance. Because it really is a different board game every time. Uh, anything else? I, I mean, I imagine you have something else on the list ever since I was like, it's time for the Blood Jerk Hour! And then... <laughs> Um, yeah, I got, uh, some more fucking Doctor Who commanders to talk about. So I played my edit of the timey-wimey precon that I've lovingly started referring to as my TARDIS simp deck, because it's all about that pretty blue box. Um, commander's the first Doctor, the companion is Ryan Sinclair, and we just make sure that I can find the TARDIS and cast it and get her abilities and her using Doctor Who cards to, like, maximize that. Um, I played against a Mylvi Anima deck that's, like, spending five mana and activating Miles' ability to put an Eldrazi into play, and... Oh, no. Gamers. Jeez, that that <laughs> we were, feels... That feels yeah. like old Commander. Like It, it is old Commander. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like literally, that's uh, a deck that Homegirls had since, um, just, like... A, a really long time. So, yeah, if it feels like Old Commander, that's because it is. Um, we was we was going through it. Um, she had us basically at lethal with, like, one of the Titans and the fucking Hamlet back Goliath. Man, what a card. That is um, a card, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had precisely one combat to take Homegirl out, or we die. Just, like, that's that. Um, luckily, had my guy, the War Doctor, on suspend. Um, as you all know, big fan of that. We have another Jeskai Doctor Who commander deck that has that guy and Clara as the commander. Um, so we're already big fans of his work and we know exactly what he's capable of. And he's just the guy that we need to see right now. And he's coming into play this turn off of suspend. So, um, we do that. We cast him and we need to top deck a one drop for us to not lose this game to Eldrazi. And so we draw for turn. And we find clock spinning. So we're oh, in awesome. fucking business. <laughs> um, so I tap another guy to crew the TARDIS. We go to combat. We swing the War Doctor, who gets haste from suspend. Shout out to that mechanic. And the TARDIS. Um, we get the attack triggers for both of them on the stack. We let TARDIS's attack trigger resolve. And we give our next spell cascade. And then, gamers, we cast clock spinning before resolving the War Doctor's trigger. And that's a one-mana spell that has cascade so i'm looking for something zero cost or less to cast with the cascade ability and i don't have anything like that in the deck so we go through the <laughs> number of cards in my deck 71 in this particular instance and put 71 time counters on the war doctor uh once that fucking large number is there we let that trigger resolve and we blast homegirl for 71 with the war doctor's burn damage trigger and that just deletes her dab damn who knew who knew he had it in you 
Of course, we immediately died to the last remaining player, but uh, it was do or die time one way or another, and I felt really good about taking out the biggest threat. Um, Doctor Who Precons gamers mix and match your commanders and companions and have a just really like a, get in there and experiment with the, the card pool. That's a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Further speaking on that, I'm I'm exploring more TARDIS compatible commanders. Um, Jenny Generated Anomaly is a Time Lord soldier, and she is a Boros commander who's gonna replace my Rograk and Kaleth deck. I okay. Yeah, I've had Rograk and Kaleth since Commander Legends One. Um, deck kind of just like sits on the shelf, so I feel like it needed some like new breath into it to make it more appealing to play again. We're going to just make some edits, add a TARDIS, of course, and have Jenny be in charge of that. Because it's the same Boros aggro game plan, and we can play the majority of the exact same cards. I just get to apply my, like, the deck-building sensibilities that I've developed in the amount of time that I've had since Commander Legends 1. Yeah, it's... I, I remember coming across her... Um, and I just find it's, oh God, ex- the, the, now that we're back on uh, Lost Caverns, I've gotten a bigger appreciation of Explorer. Yeah, um, it turns out Explorer's actually extremely strong, and Jenny does that whenever she deals combat damage, and she's also got double strike, so you're, you're getting that trigger twice if you're connecting. Yeah, so, uh, pretty, and, and, yeah, no, that's gonna be, that's gonna be pretty correct. Um, and hey, more Boros stuff, yay! Not Bloodrick, not, I don't think I'd put it in Bloodrick, but I'd never say never. Oh, uh, you know what was fucking wild? I was playing a game the other day with, um, at VengaBusMTG on Twitter, who has Oh, it might have been, it might have been Venga we played, but yeah, but anyway, sorry, continue. But yeah, they've got a, a Lesha deck that, um... They played a violin tumor and then was thumbing through the library and then just like a chuckled and then put Jenny generated anomaly into the graveyard while I was playing my Jenny deck and I'm just oh, pointing no. at the camera like you. Yeah, yeah, the Spider-Man point. <laughs> like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> Oh, man. And she did so well on Vangabus's board. I was really impressed with her performance. And then I was just like, I knew it. I knew that card was good. I was like, I hadn't had much gameplay experience with her, but she was really strong. Yeah, the validation is really good when you see somebody else playing a card that you think is good. And it's just like, yes, perfect. I knew it was good. Other people are playing it, too. Uh Oh, it's again it kind of goes back to like the fact that other people are like yo i'm playing blood drake what's up i'm like yeah i'm doing it <laughs> exactly it's... i'm doing the work yeah maybe i'll do some jenny posting on twitter once i get this deck into shape oh and like, yeah do it do it do it that'd be, that'd be awesome oh yeah we're just gonna explore all of the tardis compatible commanders um i don't know if i'm gonna do every time lord doctor but i might try every time lord that's not the doctor that'd be funny yeah, it's, um, that set, I know that I'll, I will largely leave, like, the legendaries alone, but I have a feeling, like, I will keep looking back at, like, a lot of the incident sorceries that don't involve removing, uh, suspend counters, mm-hmm. um, but, I uh, think, like, uh, uh, 
quantum misalignment is going to see a lot of play. I don't think I've seen it yet, but it's a non-legendary so, hey, clone sorcery with a rebound. Speaking of, speaking of, okay. Um, I just put a uh, foil version of that in my brand new deck. Oh. Uh, that um, I I built uh, the oh, flipped gin Gitaxias. Is this, this the segue? <laughs> this is the terrible segue. <laughs> All right, let's fucking uh, go. Let's hip hop slam into it. Yeah, because because we were two hours long. Thanks for listening, everyone. Um, so I, I I finally was like, okay. So someone approached us both on something that I will not disclose just yet because we're yeah kind of we're cooking we're, we're, we're cooking we're in the lab. We'll, We'll talk about it. Um, and then uh, the Benoit, aka the Benoit on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, has been. I'm in like, hey, I, I'm an Herbrask stan. I love Flipper Herbrask. I think Herbrask, all versions of Herbrask are cool. And he's like, ha ha ha, you gotta play Flippin' Jigataxis, dude. And uh, I'm like, fine. And so I've, I've bought a couple of them over time, like the last six months or whatever. And mm-hmm. I got like the, the, the oil painting like version oh, the over. oil slick art is so sick dude. it's so good um so i'm like okay finally so I've, I've had a pile of blue cards in a deck box for like the last few weeks and i'm finally like fuck it fine pull the trigger um and i basically made a control deck uh, a mono blue control deck of mm-hmm. of jinka taxis because i just did um and i i did want a deck that like still was pretty cheap and it is uh, and it doesn't have like free counter spells or anything, but I did want to make a deck that was like Thrix the Sun, my Thrix the Sun Storm deck, um, uh-huh. that has kind of like similar potential, um, but like with like a m- much higher ceiling uh, of like the shenanigans I can do. It's the fact that the flip version can like bounce every non Phyrexian and give you omniscience when it flips back. Every uh, one of those chapters on that saga is a six plus mana sorcery. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually oh I only I only need seven cards in hand and pay four mana to flip it. Yeah, then it's fucking busted as shit. Um so I, I finally put that together and I think after even everything was broken down, it was still like under a hundred dollars. Um and I also just happen to have a quantum mis- uh, like a a um a surge foil misalignment that I opened from like my rando Doctor Who pack from like when this came out. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I've been like, where am I going to put this? And I'm like, yeah, fuck it, I'll put it in here. Um, So yeah, uh, definitely uh, looking forward to trying to bust that deck out. And uh, I don't know, we'll cook with that and do something with it. I don't know, we'll figure it out. Hell yeah, excited to see this particular uh, flavor of villain mode from you. Yeah, this is no because like what I realized like after I I I initially had everything down on uh, my desk on my playmat, um, and I just I was like I making trims and cuts and I'm like cool I'm at a hundred cards, uh, let's put it together in sleeves and then like leave it and then when I put it in Moxfield later, uh, just for myself I was like uh, how many sorry how many instants uh, was there twenty eight hmm. <laughs> this is a control deck. And then I was like, how many creatures? 13? Oh, no, this is a control deck. So, um... I mean, not necessarily. It's a spell slinger deck, but a lot of those spells that you were slinging in mono blue, if you don't, like, make a specific uh, goal me, not me, to, they're gonna be control on. spells. Hold on. Let me go Let me go over the list here. I have Aetherize. Mm-hmm. I'm hissing. Uh, I have Engulf the Shore. Mm-hmm. I have Ensnare. Mm-hmm. 
I have filter out. Mm-hmm. Uh, a bunch of five mana counter spells like hurl into history, access denied, uh, spell swindle. Uh, I have uh, leadership vacuum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have arbitrary counterspell with proliferate for the backside of Jin. Don't worry about it. Of course. Uh, I have rewind, supreme will, swan song, unsubstantiate, and nexus of fate. Not the nexus of fate. Oh yeah, we we putting that in there. We doing that. So you know um, how I feel about turn spells that don't exile themselves. Yeah, we're just gonna. Put it back in the deck. Probably cast it for free and then draw a bunch of cards and do it again. No big deal. Killing uh, me. Yeah, uh, that's the whole... He, I, I, I immediately stabbed you with the news that I took out, uh, descended to Avernus, and now I'm talking about how I'm casting all like the meanest, baddest blue spells that is in Cyclonic Rift. Yeah, I'll never emotionally recover from this. Um, but yeah, Quantum Quantum Misalignment and Irenicus's Vile Duplication are in that deck, and I they may or may not go on Jin Katexas. Yeah, of course, you gotta have more gins. Gotta have our gins. Freaking got uh, all three versions of Archaeomancer in here, uh, with um, Scholar of the Ages nice. and Shipwreck Dowser. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, we got Talorand. Uh, uh, had to put in um, Cryptic Serpent. Uh, but then we got Brawl, Chief of Compliance, Gale, Waterdeep Prodigy, and a Portal Mage, just to say, do not attack me. Nice try. And then a Thrumming Bird, because I... Because you're playing won't... a Proliferate deck. Eh, it's like kind of partial Proliferate. I, I just put him in kind of tacked on at the top if it just happens to do that. So yeah, mm-hmm. pretty pretty gross. We'll probably be super disgusting when it's rolled out and uh, will be appropriately kept in check. Yeah, I should throw something rude and uh, powerful at it. I think that would be entertaining for both of us. <laughs> You'd be like, no, why are you doing this to me? You know why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think, I think that it. is it. That That is it. We are now officially probably over at two hours. Well, no, we are definitely over at two hours at this recording. One last thing. Oh, yeah, One last final thing. two hours and four One la- minutes in. One last thing. Um that I've uh, held on to for the last little bit and didn't get to mention the last couple episodes just because by the time it came up. So um, anyone who does know, or maybe found out later, uh, I was originally running the Uncommon Commander podcast through this source and then just retooled everything and put new cover and said, oh, it's a new podcast. Um, and kind of one of those holdovers is obviously getting comments from people from old episodes uh, before the transition over. Um, and I always shouted out Brayden, uh, cause Brayden's always like commenting. Um, and, uh, when I said, oh, hey, I'm transitioning over, he's like, oh yeah, awesome. No problem. One other message popped up, uh, about a month ago. And it's by this guy named Tristan. I don't know who he is. I don't know what his socials are. Uh, always one of those like silent listeners that finally come out of the woodwork and they're like, hey, what's up? I do listen to your stuff. Okay. Bye. And I'm like, bye stranger. I appreciate you. Uh, <laughs> Tristan says, uh, when I had asked, uh, will you listen to the Heroes of Blade vibe check? He said, yes, I will. Had no clue this was a feature, a.k.a. the comment feature in uh, Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, your content helped me keep sane during my overnight shift two years back. Been a great ride as a silent viewer, so sticking with it for the long haul. Um, so yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> here we are. <laughs> Thank you, Tristan. You're now well, listening damn. to Shout out to more, you, Tristan. Ep- more, more two-hour-long episodes in the pipeline, for sure, at this point. Um... And yeah, 
uh, we will use that as a place to end the episode. Thank you for listening uh, to this incredibly long episode. Thank you for listening so far as we venture into the new year. And uh, I guess the question is, what are your New Year's resolutions for magic? Yeah. All right. Let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) See ya.